0: not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join m i d dot Welcome,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. It's uh, good to be with you tonight as we get Back to Second Thessalonians, this time chapter 2. This is some bam verses we're getting ready to, to confront. Because that's really what you have to do whenever you consider something. This is the way it is. This is the way it was. This is the way it will be. And whenever you're confronted with these verses, you can't explain them away. You have to take them head-on if you're going to be edified. Now, if you don't want to be edified, well, you can always just skip it, go to the next chapter. And let's talk about that right now. We all know in all eschatological circles, everybody concentrates on First Thessalonians chapter 4. That's all they know. They know two verses from there, and that's pretty well it. We're going to talk about some verses here that they also might mention sporadically. But right out from the gates... You're confronted with an issue once you put these, once you put this verse with something that's said here in the Greek into the gospels, you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, what did the Lord your God just say? It's just, takes you by surprise, it takes me by surprise, I've been looking at it my whole life, and. Joe Muzidla and I have done several broadcasts way in the past, probably going back a couple of years now, about extraterrestrial relocation. And we're probably going to touch on that here tonight because he says, I mean, God just don't care. He doesn't care because he's no respecter of persons. He's like, look, this is what's going to happen. So I'm just going to tell you and you're just going to have to deal with it. So you have to take those verses head on. You have to try to. Uh, assemble them on a timeline, and you have to come to grips with them. But you cannot just chuck out the baby with the bathwater. Just can't do it. And especially, this is going to take us. This one word is going to take you. I yes, to Isaiah chapter 52. We're going to have to take a look at that too, because that's that's really pretty important. But anyway, I can ramble on forever about any chapter. It doesn't care. I don't care what we're doing. Earlier today, I was studying uh, Esther chapter three. So I really don't care. They're all my favorite chapters. So Jose, what say you about these 17 verses?
2: Obviously, I've heard you do studies on this chapter before, Matthew. It's a very important chapter. But when I read it today, it's just jam-packed. It's jam packed, and, and what it says, it's just like, um, it, it's again, it's it's a heavy chapter. That's the only way I can describe it. It's it's packed, it's dense. Everything that that that's said in there, um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it blew me away again. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Um, when I was reading it today at uh, my my uh, break from work, it's just, you know, of course there was a few verses I keyed in on, but um, I mean, just what it says. It's it's got it's packed with a lot of information and 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 stuff we should already know. Stuff that should key us back to other verses we read. Um, Yeah, it's just it's just jam packed. It's a it's a it's a great chapter, just like all the other ones. But
1: (laughs) you got it, buddy. Just like all the other ones. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just like all the rest of them. Um, Yeah, you know, I remember back way back when I started this this ministry uh, publicly online you know i've done been through all you know all the bible so many times i've been through so many with so many different classrooms so many different people um and i first shared this i i said stop the bus this is talking about two different two different entities one is masculine one is feminine you can't get around it here in this person and that's Probably your event horizon in your mind for me talking about this chapter was that verse because I didn't play with you because I loved you, Jose. So I showed you right in the Greek. No, no, you can't lie about this. This is two separate entities, whether you like it or not. One of them in this verse is represented in the masculine. One is represented in the feminine. You have no, no way around that. So... We're going to talk about the same types of things and in the same manner that I always do. This is what it says. I don't care what you believe. Just just take a deep breath. That's not my job. I don't care what you believe. However, I am going to tell you what God's word says. You have to digest it (laughs) or you have to regurgitate it because it turns sour in your mouth. You have to give it some time and then go at it again. And it's all right. And Joe and I was talking about things last night on Topic Tuesday that these very things occur to both he and I. Because Joe's dad was a a astronomical photographer. He would take pictures of the heavens. So Joe learned a lot about him through uh, about astronomy. And the first time that Joe ever read Job chapter 38, he didn't get it. The first time I read it, the first thousand times I read it I didn't get it but then when you then when you know your teachers put you to task and show you these verses and shove them down your throat and say now look the riddle of the whirlwind is the most important scientific document in the Bible you can look at of course that takes you by surprise but what do you mean answer these questions (laughs) and you know when you're a kid then your gears start really turning. no. you see, I was never given the opportunity to say that they were just poetry and they were just, pre- no, 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 no. They were not prophetic. My teachers never let that approach my mind. My teacher said, answer these questions because there is scientific answers to all these questions. You just need to figure it out. So that's how I look at this chapter and these verses, that's how I looked at every single chapter and every single verse. If it's above my pay grade, if it's 500 IQ points above my brain, that's okay. I don't have to understand it. It is just my mandate to know it, to believe it, make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. regardless of whether I understand what it's saying or not. So, that being said, <laughs> uh, I read last time, I'm pretty sure, so Jose's going to read this time. All right. And um, uh, let's get on over to Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter 2. I will go ahead and present my screen while he's reading so everybody can follow along. Uh, Jose, what translation are you going to read out of tonight? I'll do the NASB 95. Just okay, to be, all right, uh, that's what I got
2: Consistent. All right. So let's see. Got seventeen verses. Okay. This this is a it's a short chapter. Like we like I said, it's dense. It's jam packed. Um, I don't know how we're going to cover everything in an hour, Matthew, because of all that it's in here. Um, but I I'm going to read the first six verses, and then because there's plenty to talk about in those first six verses, so that's what yeah. I'll start off with. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. So those are the first six chapters, Matthew.
1: Yeah, it might as well be six chapters. It's six verses, uh, but yeah. Yeah.
2: There's nothing with that. <laughs> there's that
1: huh? <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. So so I'll let you have the mic first. What what say you?
2: So again, we get a little. Issue of timing here, Matthew. Um, God's telling us that nothing's going to happen until the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So all this stuff about when we're going to be gathered, when we're going to be taken away, when all this all this talk that goes around here, God's giving you a glimpse into the timeline, and He's saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you hear from a spirit, a message, a letter. This has to happen first. So he's doing that um, as a way to let us know how things are going to lay out. And the other thing that caught my eye, Matthew, was in, in verse 4. Aside from what from what you're talking about, the the man of lawlessness and the son of destruction, right? I know we're going to cover that. But in verse 4, the temple of God. So that he takes his seat in the temple of God. Now I only found this phrase in two other verses: Matthew, um, Matthew twenty-six verse sixteen, and then I believe Revelation eleven verse one. And I want to read Matthew twenty-six verse sixty-one. And said this fell and said this fellow said I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it. In three days, now we know what Jesus is talking about there, Matthew. He's talking about his body, right? He's talking yeah. about himself. Okay. Um, I couldn't find the temple of God anywhere else in the Bible. Now you 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 clarify that for me if that phrase in Greek is anywhere else in the Bible. But um, what does it mean? He's taking his seat in the temple of God if the te- if Christ refers to himself as a temple of God. What is that saying there in that verse? <laughs> <laughs> right, because because when I read this in the past, I assumed, oh, they're building a temple in Jerusalem, and he's going to sit in there and declare himself God. Right? That's that's the general idea most people have, but that's not what I'm reading here now that I'm reading it in the Greek.
1: So so enlighten me. What what do you think he's meaning?
2: I don't know, Matthew. That's why I, that's why I, I got stuck on it. Um, is he is he saying he's he's taking He's taking the seat that's that's supposed to be reserved for Christ, right? He's trying to assume that, that seat, assume that throne,
1: which well, obviously is not said. successful. That's what he or, just said. Okay. Right?
2: Yep, yep.
1: Here. This time, let me read it, okay? All right. All right. Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. Okay, so what are you talking about you're obviously talking about the messiah's role Mm -hmm. so that he takes his seat in the temple of god i.e the seat of the messiah displaying himself as being god right of course this is exactly as the way it's described uh, in the book of daniel um this is straight from, I mean, this this is basically a commentary on Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. Then the king will do as he pleases, and he will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods, and he will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that which is decreed will be done. So this is basically saying the exact same thing, correct? Yep. Now, we know also that, look, this is just a a reiteration of Matthew 24. That's all this is. Right. And in Matthew 24, it states that this individual, or, well, let me back off, let me back off. It doesn't mention anybody. It says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it shouldn't, right? Yes. So it doesn't tell you who, it tells you what. Now, maybe we need to jump over there real quick and see. I mean, it's, you know, we shouldn't be just beating around the bush here, um, which we were going to talk about this anyway. Um, Let's see here. Okay, let me go ahead and share my screen again. Do We take a look at this. Okay, going back to Matthew 24. um, We're going to go to verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, okay, now you're seeing a thing which was spoken of through the prophet Daniel. The prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So, this is the, the trigger. So, here it doesn't mention
0: brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But many Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Who does
1: it, right? Right. Does it mention who does it? It says what. It states that whatever it is, once it stands in the holy place, that thing, no matter what it is, Is an abomination of desolation. Now. We all know what a noun is right? Yes. A noun is a person. It can also be a thing. No doubt about it. And we know that this verse here. Is once again. I already read it once. That's directly from Daniel chapter 11. Right? I already read it once. Yep. So that is to say. That we could go back to Daniel. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's jump over there and let's 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 take a look at it. Read it through to thirty six. Forces from him will arise. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've spoke about this many times about the Hebrew. I'm not going to concentrate on these things right now. We need to get to the abomination of desolation. So. Forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifice, and they will set up the abomination of desolation. Now, take note. These forces from him that will arise, you do understand. That it just stated that those forces are from him, and the only one they would be setting up, if we're talking about a person, it would obviously be him. His own forces would set him up. Now, if it is a thing, that would mean all of them, him and his forces, would set up this thing. So, remember, the word of God can riddle you. And it riddles quite frequently. So just take note. There's a reason why it mentioned forces from him. And that they would set up the abomination of desolation. First 32. By smooth words, he will turn to godlessness. Those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Those who have insight among the people will give understanding to many, yet they will fall by sword and by flame, by captivity and by plunder for many days. Now when they fall, they will be granted a little help, and many will join them in hypocrisy. Some of those who have insight will fall in order to refine the purge and make them pure into the end of time, because it is still to come at the appointed time. Then the king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will speak monstrous things against the god of gods. He will prosper until the indignation is finished for what is decreed will be done. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the desire of women, nor will he show regard for any other god for he will magnify himself above them all. But instead... He will honor a god of fortresses. Now remember, what did verse 31 say? A god whom his fathers did not know. He will honor him with gold, silver, costly stones, and treasures. He will take up action against the strongest of fortresses with the help of a foreign god. And he will give great honor to those who acknowledge him and cause them to rule over many and will parcel out the land for a price. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, just give you the whole diatribe. And there it just said in more ways than one that it was going to be these forces that arise from him that will set up this abomination of desolation. Then it gives you a bunch of details about how he's going to come to that event horizon. That's what it did. Did you hear it, Jose? Yep. It gave you a chain of events as to how he gets there. So verse 31 is the cherry on top. Then the preceding verses tell you how he gets to that cherry on top. So that is to say, it's saying exactly what Thessalonians chapter 2 just said. Right. Now, you didn't have to like it. It just it just presented to you the facts, or maybe that caught some people by surprise. They weren't expecting me to say that. Second Thessalonians chapter two told you the facts, and Daniel chapter eleven verses thirty one through thirty six. Guess what it told you? It told you facts. It told you facts about the same event. So, if A person presents himself as the Messiah, and he is not, what do you call him? (laughs) You dare not make mention of him in the same phraseology as Messiah, right? Right. He's not that. Whatever it is, is an abomination of desolation. That's what it is. Now, everybody in the entertainment industry, of course, calls that the Antichrist, right? Yes. I hate to rent on your party. That Greek word is not in Revelation. It's not. It's not in Revelation. This thing is something else. And this thing, well, you could see there, at least you caught it in the New American Standard Bible, he's going to do monstrous things. Mm -hmm. How do you take that? The only way I can take it is, well, of course, Daniel also goes on to say that he's able to trample down the host of heaven. That's obviously not a man. Right? Yep. So these forces that arise from him is also mentioned in the passages of the Great Gathering. You're right there so it's 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 talking about the same thing but that really caught your attention and you mm-hmm. just, you just had to you just dwelt there for a while
2: huh? <laughs> yes i did
1: <laughs> well i mean just
2: think about what it's saying matthew you know um he's taken a seat in the temple of god and we know what that is um now since we've gone over those the, th- those chapters we just did, okay, now it makes more sense because we understand that the footstool is res- reserved for the Son. That's, that's where he's right. going to be ruling from. And right. at this point in time, you've got this abomination that's tr- that's that's sitting there, and that's why that's why Jesus has to come back, claim his throne, kick him off of there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: take him off there yeah
2: yep yep um
1: and we know exactly we already have those facts we know what happens he gets thrown headlong into the lake of fire yep him and his god uh, they both get thrown into the lake of fire which of course daniel just called him a god but the book of revelation calls him a beast both both he the false prophet I, i never said antichrist that's not what it says so this one that does whatever it's just described, that's the false prophet. The God that he worships, Revelation calls the beast. Neither one of them are ever called Antichrist. And you just talked about the mechanisms as why. Why it never calls them Antichrist. Um, so that is to say we just got, a, we got some different facts here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And like I stated before, when you read it and you figure out what he's really going to do, Isaiah chapter 40 makes it pretty clear that he catches Israel's attention by setting up a tabernacle. And he don't tell anybody to repent. That's not what he does. He t- He tells everybody they've already been forgiven. Right. That's what he does. So good stuff right there how much time have we burned up we've done burned up 25 minutes hot the gates yeah um anything else you want to talk about those six verses
2: i mean do you want to review quickly um uh the verse about the the man of lawlessness
1: sure sure we we do need to go ahead and do that i'll have to share my screen again um Yeah, that's that's probably pretty mandatory. Everybody really does need to uh, take a look at that and understand what it's saying. So right here, ladies and gentlemen, is what you're seeing in uh, the New American Standard Bible. There is two phrases here. The first one is man of lawlessness. The second is son of destruction. Let's pop open the Adidro Regi here accessing the uh, Hellenica. What the Hellenica is is uh, Aaron, uh, my son, has combined the Aditya Regia with the Septuagint, making one, one module here for the word. So that's what you're looking at here. Now, here, take note. This is this is what we're looking at here. Uh, Anathropos. man of. This word here, hemetria, okay. This last phrase is son, and here, you know, uh, perdition, but there's a big problem here. Take note. This word here for perdition, the Greek has it in the feminine form. This is in the genitive singular feminine form. You cannot have a son that is feminine. He is telling you that the first entity, which the first entity is one thing, it is something else. And the only way you can see it is to bring up the Greek and just look at it. So switching back over here, you see the man of lawlessness here. There's your word, lawless. And then the son of destruction. This phraseology is feminine. So this is two different So that usually takes people by surprise. And that's why it did it. Because remember, Daniel just told us all about it there in Daniel chapter 11, that he sets himself up and he worships another God. You know those those facts. You know that when the beast comes up from the abyss, that's who he worships. That is who is displayed as God. So here you have it, right in this verse, uh, that both of them are mentioned, you just have to switch it over to the Greek to see it. You have to. You have to switch it over to the Greek in order to see, uh, using the um, the forms here, what's going on. Just, Just realize that's what's going on, what is revealed when this happens is he and his God. That's what happens here. That's It's two things. Now, the verse reads in English as if it's one thing, but it's not. And this apostasy being mentioned here, of course, is directly, arrayed. We we just read, who takes part in this apostasy. It's the forces from him, this son of destruction so with that in mind um everybody just had to take a look at the greek before you can see it because once you see it there's no arguing with it (laughs) there's no reason to argue with it The, the, the point is is that you have to get all the facts together and put them together you have to get every fact you can put them down in an outline and then work your timeline off of that, because it just repeats the same thing over and over and over and over again. So, you know, I'm surprised you, you know, you got stuck on that verse, verse 4 there, when, I'm not sure why you, well, you know, tell me that. What was your initial thoughts? Did you think you were in trouble? You were thinking something wrong?
2: It just, it's just one of those verses, Matthew, that just seems so preposterous, you know? Like what do you mean taking a seat in the temple of God? I know I know what the temple of God is. What what like it just seems like it's it's ridiculous, you know? Um so that's why I had I had to look into it and 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 make sure that what what I was thinking was you know, I was in the right direction, but it, that's what caught my attention is because I know Jesus refers to himself as a temple of God. I know that verse and I know what he meant when he when he when he said it. In Matthew so you know um, <laughs> it just like I said when I had before when I had read the verse I was thinking a physical place and now when I read the verse obviously I was I understood what he was talking about you know um, temple of God Jesus refers to as himself so that that's what it is regardless of what other you know allegory or whether what other thing you try to you try to make it out to be Jesus himself said he was a temple of God. So what does it mean that he's taking the seat in the temple of God?
3: Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by wordpress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
2: You know, I don't think that he's allowed in the body. So, I, so there's got to be something else going on there, you know? Um, that's just, that, those are the thoughts that went through my head.
1: Well, you know, that is to say when you really get into the text, in the Old Testament text, you begin to realize that God repeatedly says that, yeah, it's his axe, but he puts him down. Mm -hmm. So this is when you get to the stark realization of exactly what happened. The great day of he who set on the throne, he puts this dog down. Unfortunately, when the abyss is opened up, he is resurrected so this will make all his grandiose clamor that he proposed before it'll nip it in the bud because he's not going to be walking around 2000 years ago no he's going to be kicking around on big screen tvs on every place on this planet right he's going to be paraded through the streets everyone will know I mean, you can just, ima- I mean, you and I both know what Jesus did, right? He kept it pretty hush, hush and quiet. He didn't go present himself to Caesar, did he, Jose? No. <laughs> no. He went and presented himself to the ecclesia, correct? Yes. This bad boy is going to take it on an escapade. You realize he will present himself before the ten kings, and then they won't argue with him. He is the one. I mean, you realize that, Jose. Yeah. Yep. When you realize the context of this, you realize what actually is going to happen on the great day of the Lord. Now, we don't need to go a lot into that because you and I both know what starts the end time epoch.
2: The tribulation trigger.
1: That's right. Yep. on the other side of that this bad boy raises from the dead yep you don't do it quietly he comes out of the gates and he goes to everybody and says you will worship the image of the beast or you will lose your head he has a firm grip on the whole planet now you and i both know this is when jesus should have op- seized the opportunity right
4: Hmm.
1: Jose, what would have happened if Jesus would have went straight to Pilate? You uh, know we'd be out of luck. What happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, he would, he would have uh, assumed the throne right then and we would have been out of luck.
1: Well, I mean, there would have been steps to that throne, but you know full well, what would Pilate have done? Pilate wouldn't even thought about it. He knew he would die if he didn't do this. Pilate himself would have immediately escorted him to Rome, correct? Right. And it would have been nipped in the bud right then. Right? Mm -hmm. We'd uh, We'd be in the kingdom of heaven right now. You know it. No, don't debate with it, ladies and gentlemen. Get yourself a clue. Jesus did not do that thing because, of course, how many people have entered the kingdom of heaven since that resurrection event? But if he'd have nipped it in the bud right there, the kingdom of heaven would have started right there. Right, Jose?
2: Right, yep.
1: And it was God's plan to get as many people saved as possible, right? Because he is patient, right?
2: He is merciful, yep.
1: That ain't what this bad boy's gonna do. So now, we really know the full mill deal. We know what's gonna happen when the Ecclesia, of course, sees him set this up. They run away to you know the highest points they can get to and start yelling, screaming, "Hey, here's your God! Here's your God!" We don't know how long they do that before, bam! Everybody's flights of fancy goes right out the window, and then they become believers, Jose. That's when they'll that's when they'll believe God's words true, on the great day of he who set up upon the throne, right? Um,
2: right. Yes. That's when everyone will know. Yep.
1: Th- that's when they'll believe the truth. It's only at that point when you know they get it shoved down their throat. They're going to admit, yeah, God was telling the truth the whole time. That's that's oh. when. That, that, so, with that in mind. It really does rattle the cage when you realize what the text is implying here. Once you gather all the facts and like I said, we, we haven't gathered all the facts. I gave I gave some some cats out of the bag there. He, God is going to put him down like a dog. I mean, what do you think the Lord God of heaven is going to do when he sees the above? I mean, this is what blows me away. So you're saying this is what happens. Jose, I want you to process this in your brain. Okay. So they're saying that Jesus starts the tribulation, right? So Jesus sees the abomination of desolation and he comes and takes us back. Oh, really? You think the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to put his tail between his legs? Is that really what you think? Think about what you just said. That that's Jose, be honest with me. Is that plausible to you that Jesus will see the abomination of desolation set up? So he's going to come snatch you away and put his tail between his legs and let that happen. Does that sound right to you?
2: No, it does not sound right, Matthew. And and I'm just thinking about... What are the physical effects of him coming down, regardless of what he does or doesn't do? I mean, <laughs> you know, just you, you got someone that's been sitting at the right hand of God, you know, for for two thousand years. Um, you know, I, I would say he he a little bit of God rubbed off on him, you know, and him setting foot down here, even if he's quiet, <laughs> you know, that just doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense all the other verses that we've been reading what what's why everyone knows he's here because it's he, he, that that's just that's where my mind's going right now the physical effects and, that are going to happen on this earth when and, he comes and, down
1: and let's not lie okay i mean isaiah chapter 24 and the sixth seal event declares lotty dotty everybody knows this is no secret right <laughs> this is no secret so i had to throw that in there no the bible clearly says Everybody knows when he comes and kickstarts the tribulation. Oh, you're going to know it. Yes, you'll know it. And so when you really think about the timeline, you really wrap your mind. You actually think that the abomination of desolation gets set up. And in response to that, Jesus comes back and rescues you and promptly sticks his tail between his legs. We are talking about the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is many things, none of which pertain to the word coward. Now, I don't think I'm wrong because I'm not going to debate with you, Tom, Dick, Harry, Peter, Paul, or Mary. He is the son of God. That's what he is so when you put that into the context of Matthew 24 <laughs> then it makes sense what actually yeah you know, what the truth actually is that God comes back and literally is so mad he kicks this planet off its axial tilt that's 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 what he does that's what he says he's going to do on top of that he puts this dog down like he is puts him down Then the key to the abyss is given to an angel. And of course, he comes back out with his God he's been worshiping. So that's when you get the full meal deal. You get him, you get his God, you're going to worship him, and they're going to shove it down your throat, and you're going to be happy. And God is so happy about the whole ordeal, he doesn't let you die. He shoves your king down your throat. That's what he now. That's what the Bible says that God orders death to flee from you, and you will gnaw your tongues. And if you look that up, if you go to the, you know, let's say Indiana State University, which is the top notch for the medical field. If you want to be a doctor, you're going to go to Indiana Indiana University, IU. Everybody knows it. Go there and look it up. What that means is your body can't go into shock. That, that's that's what it means. So. That being stated, now we understand why this just said what it said. Why why it's giving you this this diatribe here. Why it told you there in that verse that that there's two separate entities there. One is masculine, that's the one the feminine is represented here, that's the one he worships. So all this is pretty good stuff here. We do. <laughs> How much time we got left
2: now. So, um, so just one quick question, Matthew. Sure. Am, am I correct in understanding that this false prophet is going to die when God comes down and it kicks off the kicks off the tribulation? Yeah. He kills and then he's resurrected. That's right. right? He, and he okay. comes
1: out of the abyss with his God. Yes.
2: So then it makes sense why God uses that phrase, the temple of God. Because that parallels with what Jesus said in Matthew 26.
1: Right, that's what I just said.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm working through it, Matthew. Oh but that's okay. you know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. that's why he uses that same phrase. Because the same thing's gonna happen to the false prophet.
1: The same gotcha. thing is going to happen, and this is why the whole world, there is no contestation. You realize there is no war for him to take over the throne. Right. Nobody debates him. He that's why I said. He goes on an escapade. If Jesus would have done this, the same thing would have happened. You know, all Jesus had to do was, you know, wait till after lunch, right?
2: Mm hmm. To let, let daddy the take rest. the trash out and then come down. Well,
1: well <laughs> in the Roman life, what Pilate would have been doing, he would have been, had all the guests in, they would have been there. Now, remember, the guests didn't get there until lunchtime. You understand? So Jesus wouldn't have done it in the morning because he'd have been doing official business in the morning. If he'd have waited till after they just ate, he'd have had all those witnesses. Jesus would have, of course, magically went and stood among them just like he did uh, to the disciples, right? He would have just appeared Mm -hmm. right there in front of all of them. They would have immediately escorted him to Rome. You understand? He would have got a royal procession all the way to Rome and there would have been no consternation. You realize that, right? right he would have been declared the son of God he would have immediately had his throne no fuss no nothing and that's exactly what the false prophet does it's exactly what he does now the thing about it is is he's going to say of course that it's his God this beast that has resurrected him that's what they're going to say but anyway yeah, you had me were right there for a minute. I thought you weren't following me. I I, I thought, you know, I thought I'd lost you somewhere. But yeah. Um, just
2: con- just connecting the dots, Matthew. That's all I was doing.
1: <laughs> and and you know, that that is a difficult thing, like I said. <laughs> God just gives it to you. He gives it to you square in the chest. He'll just walk right up to you, both barrels. He'll give you the law and the testimony, walk straight up, put it in your sternum, and pull both triggers promptly. That's, that's the way he does it. Because he is no respecter of persons. He don't care if you know or not, because guess what you can do about it, Jose? Nothing. You can do nothing to stop him. So that's that's... One of the most shocking things that I've said and received the most shocking of responses is that very thing that believe it or not, God didn't write the Bible to confuse you. He actually wrote it to explain it to you. And you talk about some, well, some very interesting responses I've got to that. Um, people just can't accept that. They can't they they, they don't want to go there because it doesn't say what they want it to say. And that's always the case, right, Jose? I mean, let's be honest with each other. I mean, the best way you can get ahead in this life is to steal, right? Right. The best way to work your way up the corporate ladder is to lie on your bosses and to cut everybody's throat that's ahead of you so you can go up the ladder, right? Yep. Yep. Don't lie, Jose. 100% of the time, the Bible says what you don't want to hear. I mean, let's be honest, Jose. I don't know what your biggest temptation is, but the Bible tells you not to do it. I don't care what your biggest temptation is. I don't care what your biggest problem is. God comes right off the hook and tells you, sure, you can do it and burn in hell. I mean, yeah, you can do it. Knock yourself out. So that's what we're really talking about here is, you know, he just presents it to us. This is the way it's going to happen. This is the way it is. And, oh, for Pete's sake, (laughs) Um, we're almost out of time. Uh, (laughs) All right. So. Anyway, I need to show this and take you down this path just just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. i have to go back to the first verse. I mean, how is it I can't clear the first verse? But this is what I want to talk about was verse one. So anyway, and you know what? It's important for me to stop and say this. You need to let the Bible excite you. You need to let the Bible excite you. And when you do he will literally tell you what is to come you'll know exactly what's coming and you know what repeatedly that's what thessalonians says it repeatedly says that that you know what's to come you know what's coming but this generation they just run around from movie to movie to book to book to bestseller to documentary chasing after the wind all because they refuse to believe what god wrote they refuse his explanation it's like an algebraic equation that you solve for x you have these papers here proving what x is and you just refuse you don't like that answer so you just reject it so you like once again let's get back to the biblio uh here i've already see ladies and gentlemen seeing my bible i've had this right here for you the whole time uh i just couldn't get there but let's go uh, to the verse in matthew take note this same word this word for gathering yes that's what it's talking about here In Matthew chapter 24 verse 31. And he will send forth his angels with great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds. From one end of the sky to the other. I am sorry and I hate to be the one to inform you. What in the name of the Lord Jesus are they doing in Arano? In the sky. But yes, it it means heaven. Okay? Now... Those of us that have read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, they know who gets taken first. They know. Now, in Mark chapter 13, verse 27, it says the same thing, only it adds, of course, the earth. Right there it is, what you call Gaia. So let's switch it over to the New American Standard Bible. What does this one say? It adds from the farthest heaven, okay. And then from the farthest end of the earth, now we could jump right over here, right over to First uh, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and prove to you that during the Alagasmothea, God is very clear that He brings those that are in paradise first. Now, whether you like it or not, paradise is in the lowest heaven. That's all I'm going to say. Now, this word, this exact word is also, I mean, look at all this information here. If anybody can see all these verses that I was going to share, but I don't have time to do any of that. we got to get right to Isaiah chapter 52, because this, it talks about the false prophet. So uh, we're going to have to switch it over here to the Thompson so we can get this in the uh, Greek. And it's, it's boy, it's going to talk about something here. Um, man, do I really want to talk about this? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to do this. Uh, depart, uh, come out, fence, and touch no polluted thing. Come out from the midst of her, be clean. Ye who carry the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not come out in haste, nor by flight and march along. For the Lord will march before you in front. And the God of Israel will bring up your rear. That is to say, be the rear guard. If we switch this over to uh, the New American Standard, that's why it says rear guard. So, looking at this... um, I'm not going to talk too much about what the vessels of the Lord are and what they are carrying here, but I will say this. Um, If we switch this over here to uh, the Hellenica and uh, look at this, uh, what this means, this vessel. um, It it can mean belongings, but most importantly, uh, to the husband and wife, it is, of course, the wife. Because, uh, well, that's that's pretty uh, self-explanatory what that is. So that is to say, ladies and gentlemen, that he just told you when you're going to be taken, uh, you know, and gathered to him permanently. Uh, this is this is pretty permanent. So just that one Greek word, I had so much information I could have shared. Here we're at the end, so we can't. But. It was a pretty bang up show anyway. Um, wait a minute. We didn't get to finish. Nope. Okay, say finish reading this. We, we have to finish right. reading. <clears throat>
2: okay. So I'm going to pick back up on verse seven. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth. And bring to an end by the appearance of his coming coming
1: stop right that here, is, Jose. okay hose i gotta interject all right okay don't you understand he just said he was going to put down the abomination of desolation
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: and then he said that when christ gets back he's going to kill him so anyway uh sorry i just had to interject there uh please keep reading
2: okay verse nine That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence, so that they will believe what is false, in order that they all may be judged, who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this he called you through our gospel, that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us now may our lord jesus christ himself and god our father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word
1: amen amen and amen um sorry i had to interject there but you realize it just reiterated exactly we just, exactly
2: what we we're talking about yep um
1: they come right out, and, and he comes right out and says that, that God puts the dog down. He obviously is resurrected, and Jesus deals with him uh, by the blast of his presence. So that's the only way those verses make sense, Jose. You understand mm, that, right. right? I mean, um, it's the only way those verses make sense. Either that or he's strangely uh, somehow repeating himself or you know it doesn't you know look it is pretty important that you realize what is to come it's pretty important that that you be able to make your own timeline and start putting these things on the timeline it's it's pretty important that you do that um and if you can't, I mean, literally, this chapter gives you a whole bunch of information right up to that point you're looking for, the tribulation trigger. That's, that's really what it's all about. And really, we didn't have a chance. Uh, we have only have four minutes now. But ladies and gentlemen, he was making a direct reference as to what you should look for, and you should know this. Do I have time to do this? Man, Jose, you talk too much. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Um uh can I bring up stellarium real quick yes I can um if hose if if Jose would just hold his tongue <laughs> I I will show you what you talked about back here ladies and gentlemen we're gonna go to one of those verses that once again nobody wants to talk about they don't like it and they certainly don't want to explain it but uh real quickly I'm going to um bring up a stellarium so you can see it. And, uh, I'm sorry for this long pause. Um, just bear with me here. I will eventually uh, get this going. So just be be patient because you're going to learn a lot in a real short amount of time here. Um, Okay. Yeah. Let's go back here, share screen. Okay, we are sharing stellarium. Can you see Stellarium now, Jose?
2: It's coming up right now. There it is. Yep, I got it.
1: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh this right here, uh, this point where you see this line is the equator. This is the ecliptic. It is the farthest point here in Orion, because this is the sign of the strike. So this is the longest day of the year. This is the summer solstice. At the other end of the heavens is the sign of the restrainer. This is Ophiuchus. Here, once again, you'll see that they have uh, flipped. The equator is high here, uh, represented by the Uh, by the constellation Serpentarius that wraps around Ophiuchus and of course at the extremity of this actually depicts it incorrectly it's not his knee it's his foot Um, but this triangle here is created by his tunic so this is actually his foot on the ecliptic the reason why it stated this because when I read it you're really going to understand what uh, is being talked about here um Go to the particular verse. I can't share both screens at once. So I'll just give you the verse here. going to Matthew 24 and verse 20. But pray that your flight not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Take note, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at it. Because the longest day or the longest night of the year is right here. This is right here in Ophiuchus. And ladies and gentlemen, any scientist will tell you the first day of winter is the winter solstice. I'm not lying to you. Look it up. So literally, he just gave you a moment in time as to when you can expect these very things to happen. Did you catch that jose so you're able to see my screen all right
2: yep yep
1: now ladies and gentlemen you understand what's being said he mentioned the sign of the restrainer here he said that because you're supposed to know oh he means the first day of winter that's the winter solstice that's december 21st right jose yes so you realize he just gave you a moment in time and it obviously has something to do with the equator and the equal uh, uh, and uh, the ecliptic at its greatest separation point right right it's that day that is the first day of winter please look it up so all right time to close jose pray us out of here
2: all right dear heavenly father whom we love and whom we serve we thank you once again for allowing us together allowing us to gather together just like uh, the first verse that we read there we thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to instruct us and to share with us your word so that it may strengthen us father we pray for our ecclesia that is right now in ill health father please be with them please heal them as quickly as you can father we ask that you care for those that are in need, that you allow us to do your work here and care for those people. And we ask all this in the name of your son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen and amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless. Godspeed.